0: I'm Father Travis Crowdy. And I'm Father Shane Demon. And we're excited as ever to be here and to
1: chat about stuff. So Father excited. Shane, how you been? Excellent. Uh, it's been a good Advent season. Yeah. Different, but um, really good Advent season so mm-hmm. far.
0: The most exciting thing with Advent for us at All Saints in the Mars is that we have this great big Advent wreath. Mm-hmm. Really intense, actually. And it hangs. So, as you know, the big sanctuary light that we burn. For the presence of the Lord in the Eucharist in the tabernacle, hangs in the middle of the sanctuary. Right. So, our decorators have hung the Advent wreath from the sanctuary lamp. Oh, which is a little scary because it doesn't look like it's going to hold. Okay. But what's happened in the in the second week of Advent now is that I don't know if it's the temperature inside or the the draft of the vents, but it, it's slightly turned. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of off centered. So you don't get to see all four candles. So it's a little it's a little awkward. A little catty wampus as Can, they would
1: say could you see the first candle when when you first hung it or
0: yeah so it's like tilted and hung oh i see so now it's spun the other way so oh, it's just kind of it's just kind of funky
1: so weird. it's tilted towards one of the transepts now. exactly right yeah. oh
0: mm-hmm. just kind of spices it up you know what's going with on that. with that wreath and it look kind of <laughs> and it's a little scary because it hangs above the altar so i'm sure people are wondering like is that thing gonna fall
1: during mass we don't need to lose another priest no either. Especially not through a What are we going to say wreath? on your tombstone? Taken out by the Advent that's wreath. That's by Advent <laughs> wreath.
0: Yeah. What's the most unique? I've seen some unique Advent wreath configurations. Have you seen any? Well, cool the, ones the like hung that? ones
1: are always pretty dramatic. You know? Oh, yeah. The cathedral's got a, a large hung one over the center aisle. Oh, yeah, that's right. Um, then there's those that kind of make a large um, individual candlesticks, four or five feet candlesticks Uh that are Uh freestanding but then they're almost you know connected with these free hanging garlands or something yes to kind of create the the image of a large circle Uh. those are kind of unique Mm.
0: yeah Mm. i think it's what's interesting is people think that we wear the vestments according to the advent wreath but it's the other way around the advent wreath came out of the season. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Like there's a pink candle because we wear rose vestments. We don't just happen to wear rose vestments because we have to, because the candles that color. Sure. Yeah. So it's nice,
1: but Advent's been good. Good. Yeah. Well, and I, I find, um, I just find the people that I'm serving are spiritually going into Advent quite deeply. Mm-hmm. Precis- specifically, because they know the darkness that their world is living in. Yeah, whether you're you're dealing with you know political turmoil or the fallout of the pandemic or just personal issues, there's a weightiness that has been on people's shoulders for months, and in the midst of that, I think they're able able to relate. To Evan, even more profoundly. Yeah, it's not difficult to lean into the darkness this year. No. Other years, you might have
0: to kind of think a little bit more intentionally about that because you're caught up in the Christmas season. But right. it's interesting that people aren't, well, I don't know, maybe they are, maybe not as caught up as normal in the sort of rat race of the of the Christmas season. Right. Because uh, there's no office parties so, to go to. Yeah, there's no. there was no huge in-store Black Friday right. thing. Not um, not lots are, of concerts. Mm-hmm. 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 Maybe not even family gatherings. Right. Like, it's been
1: pretty low-key, but right. yeah. Right, which, which affords some great spiritual space.
0: Another interesting thing that usually happens in parishes is there's usually big penance services mm. um, for the sacrament of confession, and I don't think those are happening as, as much, right? Very in, few parishes. In that style yeah, of a
1: big yeah. penance service. Very few. Because I don't think a lot of uh, churches are just... It's hard enough in without a pandemic to set up churches really well for penance services. yeah. To have, you know, like eight or ten little corners that are private, you know, um, can provide some intimacy of conversation between a priest and a penitent where no one else is going to hear it, and yet they're still accessible and visible for safe environment purposes. Not every church is just set up for, you know, eight little confession stations. And then when you have to maintain social distancing and you want things to remain sanitized, it's even harder in the pandemic. Right. I think most priests are just increasing... Uh, available confession hours in a, in a space where they're hearing confessions, that's going to provide some social distance.
0: Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. But the sacrament of reconciliation is like a pretty fundamental part of the seasons of Advent and Lent as a preparation. It you is huh, in fact I'm learning that as a young <laughs> priest. Um, so I'd like to talk about that a little bit. Well, fire um, away. I will. I have, you know, been on the other side of the confessional now for five months. And before that, I had only, you know, been in my own confessions. Sure. Uh, and it's funny because everybody thinks the way they go to confession is the way everybody goes to confession, but everybody does a little differently. Mm-hmm. And everybody feels really ashamed that they don't remember the act of contrition. Mm-hmm. Most people don't remember the act of contrition. Right. Like, it's not your fault if you feel like you're that person who has to use the little card. Right, like, No shame. It's all right. But what I've kind of noticed, and again, not throwing any shade on anybody, But what I've noticed is that we're taught when we're seven years old, most of us, unless we join the church a little later, how to go to confession, Mm -hmm. sort of how to confess our sins. Well, when we're seven, we don't really have that many sins. Um, I'm sure parents would know that seven-year-olds can sin, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, But usually it just involves the people that you're with, your family members, your mom and your dad and your siblings, and that's pretty much it. Mm -hmm. But because we're not really taught after that what to do, sometimes we're just shuffled to confession especially, almost exclusively sometimes during Advent and Lent for these penance services, that we continue to grow up and we might continue to just go to confession like a second grader. At least that's what I know I kind of have done. Mm-hmm. And then later on, kind of toward the end of high school when I went to seminary, I kind of learned little by little what confession could be and what a good confession could could look like, mm-hmm. right? And what a real examination of conscience was, Besides just thinking of what happened the last week, mm-hmm. even if it had been months and months and months. Sure. Yeah. And now it's been interesting that we're coming up on this time where some people are coming back to confession for the first time, maybe even since last Advent, mm-hmm. since the normal time they would go would be in Lent. And that time this past year, there were,
1: in a lot of places, no confession available um, in, in in a lot of capacities. Mm-hmm. Yeah i am re- just thinking about a time that I was helping out at a diocesan retreat of teenagers, and I was asked to go in and just kind of lead the kids in an examination of conscience because they were all going go to they were all going to be invited to go to confession later right. that night during adoration and I led them pretty, uh, in a pretty intense examination of conscience mm-hmm. and i I just saw like these face with like eyes wide open like right. whoa <laughs> I've only right. ever thought about like. Three things: I I hit my sister, (laughs) right, right. I didn't fast during a Friday of Lent, Mm -hmm. or I miss Mass, and I disobey my parents. And it's like, no, there's there's other things called pride, Mm -hmm. self-centeredness, envy, jealousy, right? You know, uh, custody of the eyes, right? What's your imagination doing? Mm -hmm. Where are these false idols getting more time and attention than the Lord? Is your worship even and your prayer, even when you're in those actions, actually grounded in right. attentiveness? Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, anyways, there's there, there's all these different ways that you can do an examination of conscience. And I think when we lead people in that and when we lead ourselves in that with some great tools available, wow, new doors really open up. And the, the dichotomy of that, right, Um is that one feels just like worse, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, when I when I go through this list, I it's like, Father, I've done all of this, right, right. <laughs> well, yes, but embracing that and owning that as you stand before the Lord in His uh, throne of mercy, His ocean of mercy, right. actually just opens up new horizons for growth and holiness. Yeah, rather than hiding from all of that to own it mm-hmm. as part of your past and and to move forward with the Lord's mercy. Yeah, and if if the Lord gives according to
0: our mode of receiving the more we're open to receive the more he can give mm-hmm. like he wants to give these oceans of mercy but if our if our hearts open to the capacity of like a thimble when we're like i was mean to my sister mm-hmm. great the lord wants to give you mercy for that but i mean maybe a little thimbleful. but the more we open our heart even if it hurts a lot and if it's difficult mm-hmm. to realize what we've done how we've hurt ourself and others that's difficult but then the lord can just flood Uh, that space that's been opened now with his mercy Mm -hmm. um, in a new and a profound way. You know, the readings during Advent from the scriptures that uh, created the wonderful Advent song, Comfort, Comfort, O My People, Mm -hmm. uh, from Isaiah, it talks about the preparation for the Lord's coming will be like filling up valleys and lowering mountains. Mm -hmm. And that reminds me that just in a few different ways, the Lord wants to fill up the valleys of our brokenness and woundedness, that have been caused by sin of ourselves or by others, but then also to lower the mountains of maybe self-made pride that we've created, mm-hmm. right? So both of those experiences and wants to smooth that out. And the the beautiful thing is that the sacrament of reconciliation is that place where God has established for us to experience that mercy, right? right. that love. I liked uh, to, I learned this in seminary from, I think just a daily mass homily at one point that, Reconciliation comes from cilia, the Latin mm. word which means like little hair or eyelash, eyelashes. Yeah, yes. and this actually came cilia. out in the Year of Mercy lo- like logo, mm-hmm. uh, that little uh, symbol or whatever, where it was like Jesus and a guy like with their faces together, right? And they were like sharing an eye almost, yeah, um, like eyelash to eyelash, eyelash to eyelash, yeah, right? Exactly, reconciliation. And like what I've been telling the students at school is like, it's not like that. There is just this enormous list of sins that's like hanging from a wall in St. Peter's, um, and then you just have to make sure to check off those, and then you'll get wiped clean. No,
1: you're, you're reestablishing this face-to-face intimacy with God. Mm-hmm. Which, may, which uh, makes us remember that the confessional is not a torture chamber, right? Right. It's, it's, yes, it's a font of mercy, but as you say, it's, it's establishing reestablishing relationship. Mm-hmm. It's reestablished in divine intimacy when the Lord says, I really do want to heal you. Mm-hmm. I want to heal you of your of your past sins and forgive them. I want to heal you of the wounds that past sin yeah. has caused, and I want to strengthen you mm-hmm. with my grace against future temptations. Right? You know, there, there's kind of a past and a forward direction towards the present experience of absolution. Uh, so this is not a torture chamber, mm-hmm. you know. And I have so many uh, teenagers in high school ministry, but when I'm going around and talking to young adults and everyone about vocations the question always comes up, what do you like about being a priest? Mm -hmm. And I often tell them I have three favorites. You know, I I love grammatically you can't have three favorites, but I have three favorites. (laughs) I, I love waking up every morning knowing this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, You know, like I'm in the vocation and the Lord has planted me in a place that, you know, I find peace. And that's a real
0: thing that I don't know if people realize. Yeah, Young people who are discerning, it's like when you actually finally are in the vocation of marriage or,
1: or, uh, priesthood or religious life mm-hmm. it helps you become more who you are right yeah and then i tell them the second thing that i enjoy about being a priest is saying mass i mean i never get tired of a miracle unfolding in a, my fingertips right. you know but then the third thing is i love hearing confessions and people always like raise their eyebrows when i say that right. And i was like yeah i know that sounds creepy but it's not like we go to like priest parties and like you know ooh, you know <laughs> guess who's dealing with jealousy in the community this week right. you know these things are sealed. We hear thousands of confessions, right. and we go to confession. Well, right, exactly. <laughs> like
0: we're doing the. I mean, we're doing some of the same things. Like we're humans and we're sinning too. Right, and we're going to each other for a confession as well.
1: Right. Uh, so people forget that that we ourselves are sinners, we're fallen, and that we are also going to confession. So it's not like we're putting you through this torture chamber that we are somehow no. like above. We can't con- we can't uh, absolve
0: ourselves. It doesn't work.
1: No, no, it does not. But. Uh, What I tell people that I appreciate about confession so much is that we get a front-row seat. Mm -hmm. We get a front-row seat to everyone's ongoing conversion. Yeah. You know, they walk through the door, and it's like, you know, well, Father, this is what I've done, but I don't want these sins anymore. I don't want them on my conscience, and I want the Lord's mercy, and I want it right now, so please help me. Regardless of what they've said, regardless of the sins they've rattled off, which— uh, you know, I'm. I can't remember the thousands of confessions I've heard. I think the Lord actually gives us the grace to heal our imagination, yeah. so we don't just fixate on that. Because I think that'd be really weird and creepy. Yep. I mean, who wants <laughs> to sit around and think about everyone's darkness, right? Right. right. I don't want to do that about myself, let alone everybody else. Right. That would just pull me down. Right. To constantly dwell in the world's muck. Right. Um. But what does stay with you is the the beauty that you hear in people's voices behind the screen, or you see mm-hmm. in their eyes when face to face that this is an ongoing conversion experience for them. Right. And they are reestablishing, recommitting a relationship to the Lord. And we just humbly, very humbly, have the privilege of of having a front row seat to that ongoing conversion. Right.
0: So then the step is like how to have a good confession. Mm -hmm. Because we have this intuition that we want growth in our spiritual life. We want to be closer with God. We want to be closer with others. We know we're not perfect, but we might not have the capacity to, confess our sins like we like we need to, mm-hmm. so we can actually receive healing from that, right? Mm-hmm. And so if we're still, I mean, it, we, we have <laughs> new sins the more we grow, but if we only really have the capacity to confess that like we did when we were seven, mm-hmm. um, we might not receive the sort of full uh, healing that the Lord has, that power of reconciliation that he has for us. right? So I think it's just important to realize that an examination of conscience can do wonders like you just mentioned you walk through that with students and uh i was just talking to somebody recently who leads a a religious education class and the same thing happened with high school students they started walking through and the the students were just blown away realizing well that's a sin that's a sin that's a sin Mm -hmm. um yes but that's another opportunity for more conversion in, in god's mercy right um so there are lots of places to find these examinations of conscience and all that means is just a it's a more um broken down list often of the Ten Commandments. Mm-hmm. Those Ten Commandments can be kind of seemingly sterile when you just read them like, uh, okay, I don't think I killed
1: anybody right. um, last did, time I checked. But, did you kill, kill their reputation? Right. Did you gossip about them? Right. You know, all kinds of things. All
0: sorts of stuff that kind of are delineated underneath that. Mm-hmm. A lot of these good examinations of conscience will have a number of kind of bullet points under each commandment that help break that down for us today in our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really nice set of examinations of conscience on the United States Bishop Conference's uh, website that just examination of conscience. There's some for adults, some for married couples, single people. Um,
1: USCCB.org? Yeah, USCCB.org. That's yeah. the one.
0: Good. Check it out, yeah. Uh, and there's uh, young adults. There's, there's like specific ones for each, each age group, which are really helpful. Nice. And they ask questions that apply to our life in our specific state. Mm-hmm. which is really helpful, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just encourage everybody to check out maybe an examination of conscience um, and to seek out confession. Now, here's the here's the other struggle, and I'm, I'm very aware of this as a young priest now. There are not a lot of confession times available in a lot of parishes. Mm-hmm. Um, some parishes are excellent. They have confession before every Mass, maybe before every daily Mass, if it's a big enough parish. But mm-hmm. I think a lot of parishes around the Midwest have the experience of, maybe one hour on a Saturday afternoon Mm -hmm. and that might be it. And then maybe, which is (laughs) not enough. And then the, the, the always popular line on a, on a letter sign outside or in a bulletin that says, uh, or call for by appointment or something like that. Nobody, nobody wants to do that. Sure. They like maybe the anonymity of just walking into the confessional. Right. Um, so if you really don't have the opportunity for confession, especially this advent, because there's a lack of penance services, maybe even ask your pastor, Mm-hmm. Um, for more confession times. Right. Um, it's, it's your right as a Catholic, um, no matter where you find yourself uh, on your journey of life and journey with Christ to receive reconciliation from the Lord that only a priest can offer uh,
1: the words of Jesus himself. Right. I always find those Saturday afternoon times just to be really inconvenient. I mean, yeah. it's just one of the most inconvenient times. People get busy in their weekend schedule uh, if you have parents, if you're parents and you have children at home, well, that's right in the middle of the afternoon, right? There might be youth events going on, sporting events. Your children might be taking a, a late afternoon nap and yep. they need supervision. You just can't leave the house. Right. All kinds of things. Um, I really encourage our brother priest to look at some evening hours when people are getting off work or maybe when they put their children to bed and they want to come Right, and, you know, do a, a, a late evening confession, perhaps. Right. Um, I don't know if it's still going on, but I know some of my brother priests up in the Bismarck Diocese, when they have a pastor and an associate, they will uh, hear confessions throughout the weekend Masses. So whoever is not celebrating is in the confessional during Mass. They're starting that up uh, in other dioceses around the Midwest,
0: too, and lots of success because people are thinking, they're sitting in church, they finally made it to church, they've maybe
1: even taken a lot of effort to get all the kids there. Mm -hmm. They're like, great, this is... (laughs) I'm here, and look right. the confessional, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a that's a custom that's gone back, you know, probably centuries. Right. Uh, certainly, very popular in the early 20th century, and kind of fell out of use. Um, and there is something to be said about full and active participation in the liturgy uh, while not standing in a confessional line, like out in the narthex of yeah. the church, yeah. right? Yeah. But um, it is possible, and I've done it myself uh, when traveling. It is possible. To stand in the confessional line while still in the nave of the church, yep. and to still be fully engaged in the liturgy while waiting in line for the confessional, maybe a little more engaged because you're standing up, not falling Perhaps, asleep. You know, very much. So that'd be a good thing to do. Very much so. Yeah. And in addition to that website that you listed, Father, there's some there's some great apps out there. Yeah, that can help you. I mean, actual confession apps mm-hmm. that you know, if you want to do a frequent examination of conscience, it'll keep a tally for you. Right. So that you know when it's time to go to confession, or if you just suddenly find yourself with the opportunity at a spur of the moment, then all of a sudden you're like, your app is ready and you've got a right. list there. Yeah, My Parish app is used by some parishes. Mm-hmm.
0: And that's why it's called that, My Parish app. Right. You can actually log onto to your own parishes like, account that they have. And they'll have different news articles and stuff that'll come through. But there's a really nice feature for confessions on My Parish app. Mm-hmm. Um, last thing I just mentioned is that the, the tradition has now become we go to confession and during Advent and Lent because that's when penance services are available. Mm-hmm. If you go to Catholic school, that's when you're invited to go to confession. If you go to a CCD program, religious ed, that's when you're invited to go to confession. Um, we know intuitively, though, that we sin more than twice a year. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and especially if some of us are caught up in, in serious grave or maybe mortal sins, if we realize that, um, it's, it's not just to save that for like a nice— uh, you know, nice, big, full experience of a penance service. No, mm-hmm. oh, uh, the Lord's mercy is available all the time. Um, so I just encourage maybe the, if you're, if you, if you are, uh, far from the Sacrament of Reconciliation, you know, we invite you to return. But if you are in that experience of maybe just twice or three times a year, uh, making it a, a regular practice of a monthly confession, like mm-hmm. you mentioned at the beginning of this episode, is just an opportunity to broaden the scope of our capacity to receive the Lord's mercy. Absolutely. Um, and, and it makes it actually a lot easier because if you're going once a month, you're not trying to remember the last
1: six months worth of events in your life. You're right. just remembering a few weeks. Right. Um, makes it much easier. Can I just add one other thing, Father? You sure can. So when we're going through the examination of conscience and if it's broken down by the 10 commandments or the Beatitudes or whatever format it's taking, I would just encourage all of our listeners to remember that ultimately, this examination of conscience has to be rooted in a relationship with the Lord. Right. It's not a checklist of morality. Yeah. Right. I think Christianity all all too often gets reduced to morality, mm. and that you know we're just we're just checking the boxes, going through the motions, following the rules, right. so that we don't end up in the flames of hell. Mm-hmm. All of that misses the personal call by the Lord. And the, the summons to be in divine communion with the Father in the Spirit, you know, eyelash through the Son. Eyelash. eyelash to eyelash, exactly. So just remember that. When you sit down and you do your examination of conscience, where are you failing in relationship? And how do the sins that are delineated, you know, in this yeah. examination of conscience point back to relationship? Yeah. A relationship that is wounded by sin and a relationship that needs to be restored right. through the sacraments. Right. Well, everybody, in this season
0: then of Advent, Um, maybe take advantage of the Sacrament of Reconciliation in a new way and allow the Lord's mercy to touch your heart. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Send your questions and comments to outcastcatholic at gmail.com. Catch you next time, and God bless.